It's a Friday, beautiful people. Welcome to Friday. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. Friday. So I know some of y'all went to the play last night. Did you catch me in it? Did you catch me? Don't everybody speak at once. I'll be uh, doing a talk back on April 6th. I think it closes on April 8th. So, so yeah, let me know. Hit me up. Let me know if you caught me in it. Only the most astute of y'all would probably catch me. Some of y'all are just won't catch it. But see if you catch it. <laughs> I'm going to go see it soon. Uh, Sunday, I'm going to be at the symphony because uh, 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 audition number three is up. And, you know, my goal is to see all four of them so I could so I could give unsolicited advice of who my favorite was. <laughs> uh, unsolicited advice. That's what I'm I live for that. <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to Sunday three o'clock. I'm going to catch the, the third installment of uh, the New Haven Symphony. Let's find a new music director showcase. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I hope you are too. Yeah, my 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 camera's still doing wonky stuff. I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I can't figure this out. But anyway, it's Friday. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. I don't really have any real plans for the weekend, except uh, um. You know, uh, LSAT Academy, I got to deal with that. Uh, I got to deal with, uh, I don't have any plans. On, well, that's just Saturday, Sunday, maybe. Uh, I got a, a writing, uh, you know, I got a writing commitment, but that's early in the day. And then I'll go to uh, to the uh, Lyman to see the symphony at three o'clock. So, I mean, that's really, you know, I don't have too much going on. I might get to the grocery store today so I don't have to get out tomorrow at all because I there's some things I want to do. Like I'm gonna, I think I'm going to put my winter coats away and uh, organize some stuff, move some stuff because I cannot, I, I just, it'll be summer before I know it and I'll just be annoyed. <laughs> I can't, this is before summer. I, I, I cannot go into that. So uh, let me do a little rundown of the world news because I haven't done that in a minute. I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time on it. And we don't got no word on the street. And at 1015, I got uh, Ryan Rook. She is the aquatics director for Leap coming up. I met her at the uh, Leap. You know, when they do these little dinners, they do these dinners where folks, uh, you know, pay a lot of money for a dinner and be in the same room with each other. And they make a lot of money doing this. And I love it. And I've never gone. 30 years they've been doing this. I've never gone. So I finally went as a guest. Uh, to the one that uh, Bill Asseltine and Ruby Melton hosted at the Schubert. And that's where I met her. So I guess they dispatched uh, uh, staff to various points of these events. Anyway, so uh, I'm looking at NPR this morning. Uh, U.S. launches airstrikes in Syria after a suspected Iranian drone kills a U.S. worker. Okay. So this is retaliation, I imagine, uh, after killed a U.S. contractor, injured five servicemen, American servicemen, and wounded uh, other contractors in Syria. All right, so retaliation. Okay, 
So we fighting in Syria or whatever. Uh, Al Franken, I guess Al Franken, what is Al Franken doing? He's uh, 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 he's talks potential TikTok ban on The Daily Show. Are we really going to ban TikTok? But not the other things? <laughs> I guess we feel some kind of way about China spying. But we don't feel no kind of way about Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We okay. I guess we okay with Americans spying on Americans. Help me make, make sense. Well, China's the evil empire. So, okay, I get it. And the way some of these dummies are on these TikToks, are they, are they really getting any intel? <laughs> I mean, I, are they really getting any intel? That's what I want to know. I hear you, Al Franken. I'm with, I'm with you. Hit him, hit him with some intelligence. Do we, are we really that disturbed by China stealing? Okay, whatever. Ban TikTok if you must. You know what it's going to do? It's just going to make people... I mean, what are you going to... How do you police that? You're going to sh start shooting citizens with TikTok? I, help me understand. It won't have... The app won't be available. It'll shut down. Like, what'll happen? Ugh. U.S. and Canada reach... Uh, according to the BBC, U.S. and Canada reach deal to reject asylum seekers. Because we're going to keep everybody out of our countries. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone that's black. <laughs> you, Western, you Western Europeans, y'all come on over and blend in like you've been doing. Come on over. <laughs> Ooh, large numbers of migrants have been making their, making unsanctioned crossings on uh, Roxham Road at the U.S.-Canadian border. And, and they move, the move closes a loophole created by a 2004 asylum agreement with the U.S. on where migrants have to make their asylum claims. I'm sorry, are they, are they, keep, they keep moving the, 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 the place where people got to go to declare asylum? Is that what's happening? So it allowed Canada to turn migrants away at official points of entry, but not at unofficial crossing points. So as part of the deal, Canada will now create a new refugee program for 15,000 migrants fleeing, get this, South and South Central America. I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! It's just to keep Black and Brown people out. Not one word, a syllable, or a sound about Eastern Europeans. Not one... I, and, and okay, we see you, Canada and USA. <laughs> oh God! All right, I rest my case. Well, let me move on to the next case of of white supremacy. Uh, well, oh, according to CNN, this just in five hours ago, North Korea claims to have tested a nuclear-capable underwater drone. Eh, analysts are skeptical. <laughs> I, I, they, they forever want to, you know, they, they're like the kid that's left out of, the, 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 South Korea is like the kid that don't get, don't get picked for kickball, or they're the last kid to get kicked for kickball, so they got to act out to be seen and heard. 
So on Friday, North, Co North Korea claimed to have tested an underwater drone capable of carrying a nuclear warhead that could create a radioactive tsunami. However, analysts urged skeptic skeptic skepticism, uh, noting a lack of proof. Uh, I think they watch too many Godzilla movies. That only happens in Godzilla movies. So a report from the state-run Korean Central News Agency <laughs> uh, said the drone, said the drone called the unmanned underwater nuclear attack craft Hyle was tested from March 21st to the 23rd, cruising in waters off the country's east coast for more than 59 hours before its, before its test warhead was detonated on Thursday. Uh, we don't have no evidence of that. So what are we to believe here? Nothing, nothing. Deuces, North Korea. Try, try, come again. <laughs> come again. All right, according to NPR, do y'all know the happiest country in the world wants to fly you in for a free masterclass? Because you know, there's this whole thing about uh, Finland being, has held the title of happiest country for six years running and is now looking to teach the rest of the world a thing or two. The Nordic country is hosting a four day happiness masterclass in June. And its tourism board says 10 lucky applicants will get to go for free. Others will be able to study and hopefully cheer up virtually when it later becomes available online. Well, I would send uh, I would send the whole United States Republican contingency to this. <laughs> I, I would send the entire self-ascribing GOP to Finland to get cheered up. I, I would. That would be a good. That would be a good uh, retreat for them. Do they have retreats? They could have their whole convention there and learn a thing or two about, I don't know, cheer and goodwill and being nice to people. <laughs> I vote we send the entire GOP or at least the ones that are in congressional leadership. That's what I'm, that's where my vote goes. Unsolicited. I told you, unsolicited advice I'm giving out today. Unsolicited advice all day today. Get it, step up, step up while, it, while it's hot. Uh, okay, back to CNN. An hour ago, uh, Ukraine eyes an offensive around uh, Bakhmut as Russian momentum stalls. Well, you know, first of all, Russia ain't got no money. Second of all, they don't got no real allies. And, you know, mercenaries are hard to sort of pin down. I guess. <laughs> Russian forces are depleted in Bakhmut and a Ukrainian counteroffensive could soon be launched. Hit them while they're down. <laughs> One of Kiev's top generals has said, raising the prospect of an unlikely turnaround in the besieged city. You know, Ukraine got to be a little, a little more hardcore with Russia. Hit them while they're down. Don't let them... 
stockpile. I mean, they, I mean, they are an army full of mercenaries, right? Killers for hire and that kind of like, you know, and, and, you know, pulling, pulling kids out of school to, to be fighters or whatever, whatever the hell they do, whatever the recruiting is to get people to be in this ridiculous farce of a invasion. Um, and, 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 and I, I don't know the level of eagle that is required to keep you trapped in a windless situation that is not not even not even good for your own people i this is there nobody in russia that could just say putin listen 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 dude is there no one of heart courage hubris nobody everybody just gonna lay down and just like well, we're going to let him do what he do. <laughs> nobody. Is there a vice president? <laughs> is there a second in command? Anybody? Knock, knock. Russia. Is that you? Anybody home? So anyway. I tell you what. Ukrainians are not laying down. They're just not. They're like, you're not going to take one inch. I feel it. I feel it. Listen, men, men in war, white men in war. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, white men in war. Talk about white on white crime. Whew, this is this Ukraine stuff. All right, moving right along to uh, the New York Times, which was, you know, they posted up something four hours ago. So from rockets to ball bearings, the Pentagon struggles to feed war machine then that, that might be a good indication to give it up. The flow of arms to Ukraine has exposed a worrisome lack of production capacity in the United States that has its roots in the end of the Cold War. So we don't have enough war weapons? What's happening? We don't have enough people making war weapons? So, I mean, do, is, that, is that a signal to reinvest in making tools of war? I'm sorry, tools of mass destruction? So the Navy Admiral had a blunt message for the military contractors building precision-guided missiles for his warships, submarines, and planes. At a moment when the United States is dispatching the arms to Ukraine and preparing the possibility of conflict with China. Is that still on the table? Conflict with China is still on the table? Okay. I mean, they'll beat us with TikTok. <laughs> they... They will cripple us with TikTok. <laughs> anyway, uh, look at me. I'm not forgiving the fact that you're not delivering the ordinance we need, okay? Admiral Darrell Cottle, who is in charge of delivering weapons to most of the Navy's East Coast-based fleet, warned contractors during an industry gathering in January. We're talking about war fighting, national security, and going against a competitor here and a potential adversary that is like nothing we've ever seen. And we can't dilly-dally around with these deliveries. Oh, shoot. Uh-oh, somebody is pissed off. So his open frustration reflects a problem that has become worryingly apparent as the Pentagon dispatches his own stocks of weapons to help Ukraine hold off Russia and Washington warily watches 
for signs that China might provoke a new conflict by invading Taiwan. So if they invade Taiwan, then I guess we'll have to we'll have to get in. So am I to understand that we're ill prepared for conflict? Well, you know, if we stop militarizing the police forces <laughs> around the country, we, we might have actual tools of destruction for the military. I'm just taking an educated guess. It's just unsolicited, unsolicited advice. Today is unsolicited advice day. Unsolicited. And the fact that it's in the New York Times that means I'm reading it and Putin is reading it and, and whoever's running China is reading it. Do we really want people to be knowing this? That we're not ready? <laughs> or maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe we are ready and we want people to think we're not ready as a strategy to being ready. I don't know. Uh, the Independent has, uh, not the New Haven Independent, but the Independent site, Denver School Shooting uh, Live. Suspect Austin Lyle had brought weapons, brought weapon into the past, past, into past school before East High. These white kids is dangerous. Right? He's a little white kid. They found his body a few, a few, uh, a few hours later. Uh, he killed, killed himself on the run from the police. I just feel like if you're bad enough to go in someplace and kill up people, you're bad enough to stand up there and say, yeah, I did it. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you even doing? So uh, so he was potentially violent and a threat to the school. And nobody noticed that. He must be white. <laughs> Black kids, they would have just suspended him and ground him into the dirt, everything. Uh well, he was he was a he was a he was a problem, and they knew he was a problem. I don't know. I guess now you have to think about these kids who are problems. You have to think about them in a new light. I guess. I guess. Uh, back to CNN. Uh, three hours ago, Trump attorney set to testify before grand jury in Mar-a-Lago classified document probe. Yeah, boring. I'll skip that. I don't care. Uh. Uh, CNN, India's parliament strips uh, Raul Gandhi of lawmaker status after defamation conviction. So the former leader of India's main opposition political party has been disqualified as a lawmaker a day after he was handed a two-year jail sentence for defamation in, ruling, in a ruling his supporters say is politically motivated. Uh, everything in that part of the world is politically motivated. But two years, though? What? So, so did he? So, what's the defamation? Uh, let me let me see what the defamation is. So, India's lower house, uh, the Lok Lok Sabha, said in a statement that Rahul Gandhi stands disqualified from the membership, citing his recent conviction. It is the second setback in as many days for India's opposition Congress party and could neuter one of the new the few figures that has the kind of star power and name recognition to challenge Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi. Okay. Oh, I see what they're doing. So they just, you know what? They're just knocking out the opposition party because they don't want anybody to run against their sitting president. So um, 
Anyway, the 52-year-old politician was granted bail, according to his Congress party, which decried his conviction, accusing Modi of using the courts to silence his critics. Everyone knows that Rahul Gandhi is raising his voice against the dictator. He's showing the courage to call out what is wrong, the party said in a statement on Thursday. The conviction opened up an opportunity for his opponents, particularly within Modi uh, Bayarataya's Janata Party, the BJP. So under Indian law, a member of parliament can be disqualified for offenses such as promoting uh, enmity, enmity between two groups, bribery and undue influence or person, person, personation at an election. Man, they, they got, I don't understand any of that. So if a lawmaker is convicted for any offense, any other offense and sentenced to a period of two years or more, they can also be disqualified. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> India, we see you. <laughs> Wait, so you gonna, you deliberately throw some charges that you know carry a weight of two years because two years is the minimum that you could use against somebody to throw them, to, to, to disqualify them from running for office. Y'all need to come and take a master class from the Republican Party, the United States Republican Party, because y'all not doing this right. What y'all are doing is making martyrs. So people are going to get more hyped up about this in, injustice and really be on his side. Y'all did this wrong. But as I said, unsolicited advice today, unsolicited advice. So the Indian parties from across the political spectrum have condemned Gandhi's disqualification as uh, MP. Well, I guess they would. It's so convenient. They pick some charges <laughs> that fit the way you can be disqualified. Mm. So uh, Mamata uh, Banerjee, the chief minister of the West Bengal state and chairperson of the All India uh Trinamool Congress tweeted, in PM Moody's New India, opposition leaders have become the prime target of the BJP, while, while BJP leaders with criminal <laughs> and antecedents are inducted into the cabinet. <laughs> Wait, so they're gonna they're gonna level some levy some charges against cats who are running and they're conveniently suit how you could be disqualified. Meanwhile, cats who actually committed crimes <laughs> are getting sworn in. <laughs> oh, maybe the maybe, maybe you got something in common with the Republican Party here in the United States. That's unseemly. So uh Opposition leaders are disqualified for their speeches. <laughs> ah, so uh, they've witnessed a new low for their constitutional democracy. Ah, join the club. Welcome to the rest of the world. Welcome to the free world. Uh, anyway, so that's what's going on in India. Okay. Uh, listen. <sighs> I'm 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 here for it. I'm here for it. Now, uh, let me uh, 
me jump into some local news. The New Haven crews respond to a housing authority Orange Street fire. What's going on at Orange Street? So the New, New Haven police and fire crews responded to a fire on Orange Street this morning uh, at about 5 a.m., just after 5 a.m. at the housing authority. Now, the fire was contained to a six-floor apartment and was put out quickly since the fire department is, you know, around the corner. <laughs> Deputy Chief Bruce Galaski said only some people on the sixth floor were, were moved, but no one else in the building was evacuated. One person was injured while trying to put out the fire, Galaski said, though those in injuries were minor. The people on the sixth floor will be allowed back into the building shortly. Oh, I'm glad everybody's all right. And the person with the minor inju injuries, I hope they recover. So, uh, the New Haven Independent has a piece up. New Haven Independent has a piece up for the New Haven Symphony Orchestra conductor candidate. There's no right or wrong way. So, uh, Adam Matlock uh, uh, wrote a piece on Perry So, uh, conductor and New Haven Symphony Orchestra music director candidate Perry So offered a concise answer to the question of what an orchestra can, can provide in response to the needs of current or potential classical music audiences. And he said, a sense of engagement with the past and a, a sense of optimism for the future. Good answer, Perry So. Good answer. I'm going to come check you out on Sunday. Although, you know, this is unsolicited advice. You better wow me. <laughs> He's a musician. So uh so he likes he so as a musician, he found himself exploring jazz and electronic music, but always returned to the European classical canon. All that in quotes, because it's a continuous condition tradition. And there's a story to be told through the tradition, not just through individual pieces, but through whole programs, he said. So Soul's program, which will be conducted on Sunday at Lyman, three o'clock, was chosen to accomplish two goals for his for his audition program for the job of the symphony music director. So he wanted a diverse selection of pieces to allow him and the orchestra to explore each other's musicianship. And new music is absolutely a part of that conversation, he said. And thematically, Soul chose works that demonstrated each composer at a point in their career where they were coming into their own voice. I like I like the way he's thinking. So I'm looking forward to what he what he brings to this. So uh anyway, he's uh so the timing cannot be better for the performance of uh Tanea Leon's Akana. Leon was just named the 2002 I mean, 2022 Kennedy Center honoree. I just saw her uh, at the uh, at the spring jazz orchestra thing at Yale Music School under uh, the fabulous Mr. Uh, well, anyway, I just saw her. I should have snapped a picture with her. Uh, but anyway, she was... Uh, she she had some music for the spring. I guess their spring recital at the jazz the jazz program. So uh, 
So, you know, she's a symphonic composer. She was, so she created Akana um, as part of that world. And her career began as a pianist, but she became musical director at the Arthur Mitchell Dance Theater of Harlem. And she began with writing compositions for dance and her career took off from there. So, uh, so they're gonna do that work, which I'm I'm excited to sort of see, hear, see, hear, be a part of, feel. Um, so yeah, so if you want to know more about it, check out the New Haven Independent. It's a whole story uh, about it. So, in the New Haven Register, which I rarely read, but an East Haven man gets six months for, I guess, uh, stealing four hundred. Four hundred and thirty-five thousand tax refund scheme. He must be white. <laughs> he gets six months for stealing that kind of money. Uh, an East Haven man was sentenced to six months in prison for his role in a tax refund fraud ring. Prosecutors say stole nearly half a million dollars from the U.S. government over four years. <laughs> oh. Uh, Edwin Gutierrez was sentenced Thursday before U.S. District Judge Janet Bond. Janet Bond uh, Arteton in New Haven. Okay. Oh, he's Ecuadorian. He's an Ecuadorian citizen and was arrested on an indictment along with three other co-defendants in 2021. So he pleaded guilty to theft of public money last October. And, and the other members of the ring also pled, pled guilty to, to related charges. Okay. So he's going to do uh, the 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 uh, prosecutors prosecutors allege that between 2013 and 2017, Gutierrez and other Ecuadorian citizens illegally obtained tax refunds from the IRS. I'm like, yo, don't don't steal from the government. They are tough. <laughs> In order to obtain the refunds, some of Gutierrez's co-defendants filed fraudulent fact federal tax returns in the names of other foreign nationals claimants with the IRS and the U.S. Attorney's Office said in a news release. So, okay, yeah, I guess you'll be dealt with. Okay. Uh, and then the uh, another piece in the New Haven Register, New Haven Police Sergeant lied, other officers mocked. Paralyzed Randy Cox report says, you know what I always say? You don't got to be white to do the work of white supremacy. And and these police officers are not white, but they did the work of uh, white supremacists. Betsy Segu, Louis Rivera, Jocelyn Lavendier, Oscar Diaz, and uh, Ron Presley. Yeah, y'all doing the work of white supremacy. I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. But okay. Stand on that. Uh, and then one a oh, few more things. Yale New Haven nurses call on Connecticut to pass nurse to patient ratios bill. That's in the Middletown press. So I, I think I'm about to learn. Citing intense work conditions. Yale New Haven nurses um, join call for staff safe staffing mandate damn they got a mandate safe staffing like that's not inherently built in to work in a hospital into situations it's not built in we got to mandate that who 
is running these healthcare systems? All right, I'm gonna leave it alone. Cafe Nine. Uh, if you read the Independent yesterday, uh, Cafe Nine was sold. Um, so, uh, but have no fear. It's going to stay Cafe Nine. Paul Mayer is ending a 20-year run operating the storied club. Uh, and, you know, 20 years is a good run. But other people are going to run it, and they're going to run it, and they're going to they're gonna, um, uh, keep it as Cafe Nine and probably add some food to it, which would be really nice. <laughs> so, so he reached a deal to sell the business, which is on the first floor of the brick building owned by Mike uh, Rybart, the original Cafe Nine operator, uh, to local bartenders uh, with music experience, including on the Cafe Nine stage. So pending approval of the permits, the deal closes and the new owners, uh, Patrick Mayer, not to be confused with Paul Meyer, <laughs> Patrick, not to, Patrick Mayer, not to be clued, confused with Paul Meyer, um, Jesse Burke and Chris Mayer uh, will assume operation of the club April 1st. So Mayor uh, declined to disclose the terms of the deal. Not your business. So that's one of the two major musical developments on the same block. State Street within walking distance of six separate new apartment complexes either already built or in construction. So the other development, the State House Music Venue, is vacating its premises so that one of those apartment construction projects can begin with only two months of shows left. Okay. Because God knows we need more apartments. Oh, Lord. So under Paul Mayer Cafe 9 developed a, a fierce loyal local following and a national reputation as a musician's living room for its intimate informal setting, quality sound, and combination of local bands and national and internationally touring uh, acts spanning rock, reggae, folk, Afrobeat, jazz, and genres in between. And I, I go there quite often. Did you know, I, I love live music. I'm often in there for jazz, and particularly Sundays is a real vibe. So, uh, uh, and I was just there for Lara Herskovitz and uh, and the other young woman whose album I bought, who I was just delighted by. And then I saw um, uh, my my friend Bet's favorite band. Um, uh, they like a Louisiana band, funk band. They were good. Uh, so anyway, mm, yeah. So. They're going to, I I suspect. So Meyer and Jesse Burke currently 10 bar at the aisle shop. So they know something. They know something. They know something. And then uh, uh, Mayer worked at, at the old Anna Liffey's. So they've been around town a, a minute. They've been around. So they, they are some working class kids or people, folks. Uh, they work as bartenders. Uh, they went to New Haven. The kids go to New Haven Public Schools. They're blue-collar people. So I'm I'm glad that the bar is falling into some hands that know something about one, New Haven, two, about music and bars and stuff like that. So uh so I'm I'm looking forward. So they, they don't know what the staffing plans will be. Uh right now, Cafe Nine has 11 part-time staffers. 
know, hey, and uh, they're going to handle the bartending duties. Um, and everybody, uh, the door people, the sound people, and the bookie people are staying, staying, uh, staying on tap, staying, staying. So, so meanwhile, several doors up at state near the corner of chapel, the state house plans on hosting the last live shows on Memorial Day weekend. So you got it from now to Memorial weekend. They're going to be gone. I, th- I actually like that's such a good space, but such a cool space. I enjoyed whenever I would go there, I enjoyed being in there. I just thought it was such a great space. I, I wish it could just be resurrected somewhere else, you know, where they're not, you know, encroaching with housing, housing that is not for people in New Haven. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wish that the housing people would be like, you know what, this would be cool in our neighborhood. Let's throw some more money at you so that you could trick this out a little bit better so it could fall in with our aesthetic of what kind of housing we're building here so that you stay here. Because when we build an apartment, people are going to want someplace else to go to. That's, I, I wish we, I wish we had leadership that could pose these kinds of thoughts and and put out there these kinds of leanings. But we don't. So back to our regularly scheduling program. So uh, Statehouse owner Slate Ballard told the Independent his crew is exploring its next steps. No decisions have been made. Uh, we currently do not see another Statehouse like it currently looks happening. The Statehouse may produce shows in the area. And we may partner with some local organizations to produce shows or create some new space for musicians and local promoters to utilize. I hope so, because it's such a, it's su- it was such a good idea. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's just, it's just tough, tough. So I, I just wish that there was some other thinking about how to sort of keep things where they are so that they could grow and develop. Uh, in the New Haven Independent, 18 hours ago. So cinema to child care campus plan detailed. I don't know what that means. Uh, so the, the corn will keep popping at the central ticketing and candy counter. Oh, at the Sine movie theater even as the entryway fixture is converted into a reception desk for a planned new early education campus now in the works. <sighs> that just sounds boring. The, the X movie theater conversion is being undertaken by Alex Schiavone and the Friends Center for Children. The affordable child care nonprofit recently purchased the former Sine Foresight and plans to transform it into a green and welcoming campus to accommodate the urgently needed spots at its Quaker influence schools for infants and toddlers. Sounds about white to me. All right, keep it moving. I'm just going to pass by that. Uh, I drove by Valley Street and I saw all the tearing down. I didn't even know that was happening. Valley Street ready to rise again. So that's in the New Haven Independent too. And I, I, Saw it on the Independent yesterday, and I was like, when I drove by, it was almost like it was at almost not, it was not at the same time. I wasn't reading the Independent while I was driving, but I had already saw uh, the 
I, I drove by. And then when I got back to my office, I saw the piece and I was like, whoa, I had no idea that was coming. So the Valley Street townhouses have almost come down and are ready to rise. So I, what are you going to put there? Well, demolition is almost complete on the 40 circa 1965 two, two-story townhomes at uh, 210, 290 Valley. So as the work has begun on the latest re- remaking of a development in town, only a handful of residents remain standing as the end of work Tuesday. Residences. So Karen DeBowles Wharton said she, she expects to see an empty site with demolition fully complete by the end of the month. Okay. All right. And she predicted, she predicted that the 40 new units will be ready for occupancy next spring. So 32 of those 40 residents will remain for subsidized low-income renters. So 32 out of 40. Are you, that's a, I wish other developers could do this kind of math. <laughs> it's going to be transformative. Of course, all the properties that you've worked on, the $23 million project, high five, Karen DeBulls Walton, high five. So 32 of those 40 residences will be uh, uh, remain for subsidized low-income renters. Can you imagine? Huh. And the other eight will be market rate. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. More unsolicited advice today. You developers, take a pay. Y'all need to get in the room with Karen DeBowles Walton and ask her how you do that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Get in the room with her. Take her to lunch or dinner or whatever it is. Pay her a fee and then pick her brain about how to do this. Because I guess you have to be interested and concerned. But that's uh, this is unsolicited advice day. Unsolicited advice day. Uh, so 32 tenants receive vouchers to rent apartments elsewhere during construction. And they will have first dibs on the new units. So they'll go and rent somewhere else for the year. And when they're done, if they want to come back, they got first dibs. Nice. 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 So. Nice, 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 nice. That's how you have to do that. You know, so I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, there's, and you know, go and jump in the comments. You know, it's the usual gadflies at the bar. Go jump on the comments and weigh in if you must. I'm not because, you know, it's not, it's not compelling enough for me to jump in. And it has to be outrageously ridiculous comments for me to jump in. That's where I'm at now. That's how I gauge it. (laughs) Uh, Kent Pierce reports on city leaders celebrate groundbreaking of mixed-use building in East Rock neighborhood. What the hell is that? So a ceremonial groundbreaking Thursday for the Vanguard on state state in New Haven. It sits at 793. Uh, State Street, which used to be one of the most blighted properties in Haven, and now be a luxury. Oh, yes, more luxury apartments. All right, I'm gonna take a break. I'll be back. <laughs> Unsolicited advice day. All right, I'm gonna take a break, Harry. I'll be back. 
Oh no, I got a few minutes. Do I have a few minutes? Wait, what do you want me to do? I have a few minutes. I think I go at 1058. It's 10:50. All right, let me get back into the story. So uh the building design has been called timeless by some. So whatever. It's gonna be luxury apartments. So that means y'all can't afford that. <laughs> and y'all being if you work, you can't afford it. So anyway, uh yeah, that's a whole thing. All right, more luxury apartments. Okay. Uh yeah, so the New Haven Independent, I think, is ran, ran the same story. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got a they've got a they they covered the the groundbreaking. So so the Vanguard on State Street. Whoa. Okay. All these places where we can't live. <laughs> Woo! New Haven's gonna be very New Haven's gonna be very populated. Uh, but we can't live there. And by we, I mean poor people. You know, and, and by poor people, I mean, you know, a few white people, mostly black people, mostly brown people, that kind of thing. I know. Well, you know, we'll keep doing this until we, till we, till we're not doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm not reading that, so I don't care about that. Oh, uh, the Guilford, uh, Evergreen Finecraft uh, turns 40. So that should be fun. If you if you want to go hang out in Guilford and check out the uh on the Guilford Green. You know, if you want to if you want to see uh if you want to see some of the some of the stuff. That'd be fun. Go see some fine arts. That that might be nice. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the Connecticut Insider, but their pop-ups are annoying. So the Connecticut Post, Bridgeport woman with kids attacked at the Shelton Walmart, attacked Shelton Walmart employees. Bridgeport woman with kids attacked Shelton woman, Shelton Walmart employees who caught her stealing. Ah, uh, so... Yeah, no, that's sad. Yeah, she's 21. And uh, she got arrested, I guess, $5,000 bond. She got to go to court on Thursday. <sighs> that's tough. Kiara. I know, it's tough. It's tough. And I, I suspect she probably is trying to make a way out of nowhere, perhaps. You know, and you know your kids with you, and you're doing that kind of stuff. It's got to be tough. I I went to Best Buy in Orange, and it's closing. I was like, "What is happening?" So Best Buy closes Orange Store in Connecticut. So that means I have to go all the way to North Haven to go to Best Buy. God, I can't stand these pop-ups. They are so annoying. Uh, and then. My uh, my last story we talk about Hamden police providing steering wheel locks to Kia and Hyundai owners because I guess there's a problem uh, there on the rise stealing of the Hyundai or the Kia cars in Connecticut. Uh, so they, the Hamden police department is going to you know keep you 
can help keep your car safe by uh, providing some lock wheel locks. So, uh, so it's been an increase in motor motor vehicle thefts. So, as part of Honda's anti theft campaign, they have uh, distributed steering wheel locks uh, in the past. So they're back at it. So the steering wheel locks will be given to anyone who owns a Hyundai or a Kia uh, that was manufactured before 2021. The locks are free of charge and can be picked up at the Hamden Police Department located at 2900 Dixville Avenue. So if you have a Kia that you that's before 2021 and you live in Hamden, go over to the police department, get you a free wheel lock so your car your car won't get stolen. <laughs> go get your free wheel lock. Uh, yes. So here's a bit of unsolicited advice. Go get the damn wheel lock because you don't want to get your car stolen. Because, you know, when you get your car stolen, it is a pain in the butt. And and if they recover it, it's trashed. And, and they're stealing these cars for a particular reason. So if you can secure your vehicle, secure it. That's the end of my unsolicited advice on this. <laughs> so as I said, the steering wheel locks will be given to anyone who owns a Hyundai or a Kia that was manufactured before November, 2021. The locks are free of charge and can be picked up at the Hamden Police Department located at 2900 Dixwell Avenue. So, you know, their police department in there, city hall and all the other things are in one big building right there at the corner of Whitney and uh, Dixwell. So, uh, so if you're an owner of a Hyundai or a Kia, uh, and you're in Hamden, the Hamden Police Department is uh, uh, taking some steps to keep your car. So they got a supply and they want to give them out. I don't even think you have to live in Hamden. I think you just have to live in Connecticut. Um, so if you're around, go get you one. That's all I'm saying. Get you one so you don't have any problems. And that, I did a whole 20 minutes of news. <laughs> News from around the world and news right here in your backyard. <laughs> don't say I don't give you no news. <laughs> we went all around the world. The only thing I didn't talk about was going on in Paris, uh, in France. Macron got them people pissed off. They tearing up city halls all over. It's a, it's a wild thing. I hope they don't run up on the champagne, though. Listen, go easy, Parisians. Go easy. I know you're pissed off because Macron is trying to overhaul the retirement stuff. <laughs> he got people mad about it. They are these French people were stomping these streets. And you know, they know something about. Listen, these are the people that started the French Revolution. They know how to stomp in some streets. <laughs> they had a whole long storied history of marching. So anyway, I'm gonna take a break. I'll be back with uh, Ryan Rook from uh, Leap to talk about uh, swim. Let's all swim. I'll be back. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? 
Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org.
Then look. I think I know what might help you. Exist like sweater vest sleeves, slipping like a red Corvette on wet knees, sweating like I'm jetting like on seven jet leaves. Yes, please, you my sexy fresh breeze from the start where my heart on my record sleeve. Yes, indeed, paying dues, debts, and fees. No regrets, but this sex is reckless. Gee, it's black ops, I'm smashing padlocks. Chastity and abstinence of blasphemous thoughts. Alpha brass tactics, blunts, and back shots. Defense 
sense lesson they transmit like some sexy text messages vex emptiness senseless sexiness hectic steady i'm ready to end this negligence it might be dangerous it's stress love uh-huh i can't depend on it it might be dangerous it's stress love love baths love talk i'm delighted yay ryan unmute yourself how are you i'm well how are you today it is so nice to see you so ryan rook it rooks i spelled your name wrong i didn't put the s i just didn't put the s on it i'm gonna go back and fix that Um, it's plural like a chess piece yes i love it so um she is the aquatics director at leap I've yes. been at the Leap Dinner over at the Schubert Theater that was hosted by uh, uh, Bill Asatine and Ruby uh, Melton. And uh, and I was just so delighted. She's very tall and very beautiful. Yeah. And when I found out she was the aquatics director, because I guess y'all are ro- you rolled out swimming, swimming, getting ready for swimming. I think you're in the midst of swimming. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you've got some adult swim coming up or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Tell me, tell me about it. Yes. So we actually have um, four classes going on. We have three uh, children's swim lessons and one adult swim lesson. Wow. What are the dates? So um, it's actually going on right now. So it goes on for five weeks and we started on March 13th and it goes until April 17th. Um, And Mm-hmm. Yes. But the second round um, of registration will start the week of April 10th. Okay. So that's another five weeks. So are you going to do this all summer? Like how, how often are you going to do this? Yes. We're, um, we're going to be doing it year round. Really? Mm-hmm. Were you doing it year round before, before you came? <laughs> okay. So, um, there was no really aquatics program during the pandemic. So right. to answer that, no, it wasn't year round. 
in the past two years, but prior it was. Mm. All right. So, so tell me about your life in swimming and then we'll come back to leave because I, I'm, I'm fascinated by you. And I love that you're a beautiful black woman talking about, we going to all swim. So yes. <laughs> okay. So I've been swimming since I was about, um, five years old. And I remember my very first swim lesson was um, at a place called Swim Atlanta because I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Yay. We love Atlanta. Yeah. Represent the South. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my mom put me in a swim lesson at Swim Atlanta because she did not know how to swim. And um, one of the first uh, lessons they taught me was how to float on my back. And I remember um, floating on my back, just laying there and then freaking out in the water. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, of course I didn't drown, but I did freak out while floating. Um, and now that I'm the aquatics director, director, I can empathize with um, the children swimmers that freak out in the water because like as a uh, woman of color, I understand the fear of the water that our community has gone through. Mm. I swim, but I'm not, I, 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 I get nervous about floating. I still, mm-hmm. I know how to swim, but I still cannot do it on my back. Like I still don't have the courage to do it on my back. I'm going to come back and try. All right. So, um, did you, did you swim in high school? Did you swim in college? Like what, what, what? Yeah. So, um, I did swim team, um, in middle school and in high school and my go-to stroke was breaststroke. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's powerful. Yes. I have some strong thighs. <laughs> yes. Who among, who among us? <laughs> you need that. You need that leg power. <laughs> so where'd you go to college, Ryan? I went to my, my camera. My, my camera is a, is a, is a, acting crazy these days. Um, so where'd you, where'd you go to college? I went to the university of Georgia, go dogs. Yay! Not Spelman. Yay. They don't got to pull the Spelman. <laughs> um, I, I actually don't know about that. I assume no, because it's an HBCU and historically, you know, black people don't swim. Well, you know what? I had to, uh, take swimming to get out of college. I went to HBCU. We had an Olympic sized pool and I had to swim to get out of it. Because in those days, you know, I'm old. So in those days, you had to take like uh, physical education as part of your electives. And mm-hmm. uh, and so swimming was the one I, I, I had no choice. So I got a C in it. And I was an awful swimmer. Like I was terrified. Where did you go to school? I went to a little school in Concord, North Carolina called Barbara Scotia College. You know, my grandma lives in Thomasville. So uh, oh, yeah. So whenever I was in Georgia um, and went to go visit her, I would pass by Concord and Concord Mills. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. <laughs> so you probably passed my school a gazillion times and didn't even know it. So, yep. uh, all right. So, so when you want people to swim, how do you invite them to swim? What do you say to our community? Because we're still very fearful about this, Ryan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that swimming is a crucial skill to know, you know, like 
we go on vacation in their pools. Um, we, you know, we visit family members in their pools. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, um, I can see why that there is so much fear in our community um, because according to uh, the CDC, the drowning death rates of African-American people is uh, 1.5 times higher than the rates for Caucasian people. And the disparities are highest among African-American children ages five through nine um, and ages 10 through 15. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so something I tell our community is like, come learn how to swim, you know, like it's a great skill to know and it helps with our physical health. Same with our mental health. I love it. All right. So as aquatics director, what are you going to, what, what are you tasked with doing? Okay, so um, every morning uh, I come into LEAP and one of the things I, one of the first things I have to do is test the pH and the chlorine in the water. So I have like my little kit and I test the water. I put all the chemicals in to make sure everything <laughs> is right. <laughs> and then I go to the basement and I have to turn on a white water pipe, which gets fresh water into the pool. And then I also have to change uh, the chlorine tabs to make sure that the chlorine levels stay well. Um, and I also just do like a lot of um, other like uh, chemistry in the basement. So that's the first thing I do. And then I also have to do laundry because we provide um, swim trunks, swim caps, swim suits, really? goggles. Yep. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Exactly. We provide all of the materials. For kids. Yep. And for adults if they need it. Really? Yes. I did not know that. That's such a, you know, because that takes the the cost thing out of it for parents, right? Because, you know. Exactly. I know. Exactly. So I absolutely love that we do that. Um, and so because we provide all of these things, I have to do um, a lot of laundry. So um, I come <laughs> in. <laughs> I come in and I use the Tide Pods and I do a couple loads of laundry. And then when my staff comes in, we all fold it together. Um, and I also, you know, I have to um, keep track of all the um, the numbers that I've like, um, that I found like in the basement and through the pool. Um, I also have to just do like administrative things um, like, ordering stuff for the pool and also interviewing um, local uh, high schoolers to become swim instructors and lifeguards. How does that go? Talk, talk to me about that. Because when I, I took swimming at, uh, I took leap swimming a while back and I had a wonderful young man who was, you know, because um, uh, I, I wanted to like just refresh. So he was very helpful. And he's like, he's like, Miss Ivy, you know how to swim. <laughs> But I, it was just beautiful seeing all these beautiful black children, young people teaching swimming, and they were serious about it, and they were attentive, and I was quite moved by uh, their care and commitment. So, so what do you have to do to recruit uh, young people to to be swim teachers and lifeguards and all of that? Mm -hmm. So all of my staff is from the New Haven community, and they're all uh, people of color. So I'm very proud of that. Um, and um, 
uh, three of my swim instructors were already um, he, uh, here at LEAP prior to me coming, but then the others, uh, they all um, had some type of connection to LEAP and they called me and they were, uh, they said, hey, I heard that the uh, aquatics program is up and running again. Can, can I come back? Like I've had experience with LEAP and I really would like to be in aquatics. Um, but uh, other types of recruitment is I call um, athletic directors at the local New Haven high schools. Um, I also go um, to different high schools uh, to talk um, to the administration uh, to see if any of their students are interested. Wow. Also, now, do people call you when they need lifeguards? Like, are people calling you to like, y'all got some extra lifeguards over there we can hire? Do they do that? Do people do that? So actually, it's more like, um, so Hill House, um, they do a lifeguard certification and they oh. call me when they have lifeguards for me. Oh, that's good. Is that good? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yes, it's good. So so tell me about um, um, what, how, how many kids can you have? Do you have a number that you want in the pool at any given time do you want do you have a number where you is comfortable and safe to to teach talk a little bit about that yeah so right now we have 32 individuals enrolled in night lessons we wow have, mm -hmm, but it's not that does not mean that 32 uh people are in the pool at once because that is not safe um each of our sessions uh has have has eight slots so eight swimmers okay Mm -hmm. okay. And so in our, um, we have eight adults enrolled and 24 children enrolled, and there are four classes total each week. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, there are two child lessons. Uh, the first one is 6 to 6.45, and the second one is 7 to 7.45. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have the one adult lesson that's at from 6 to 6.45. And then the uh, the third child lesson from seven to seven forty five. Mm. And so, what do you do on the weekends? Do you have swim on the weekends? No, <laughs> just like no, we we swim during the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> yes, but like eventually we will have events, but we don't. We it's not like we don't have swim lessons during the weekend. I would I wouldn't mind a Saturday swim lesson a Saturday morning swim lesson. Like I would, I would sign up for that or Saturday afternoon, you know, sa well, Saturday morning, I think I'd like to get it out the way, but Saturday morning wouldn't be bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's some good feedback. <laughs> so um, talk to me a little bit about what else can you offer? Like, do you offer water aerobics? Have you thought about that kind of stuff? Um, do you, do you do stuff with seniors? Like what are some of the things you're thinking about bringing to the, uh, to the leap? aquatics department so some of the things that i have been thinking about is water aerobics for um the senior citizens in the new haven community especially those who suffer with arthritis mm -hmm. um you know being in the pool like i was saying it's like good for physical and mental health but truly being in the water is a form of therapy and so I would really like to have the senior citizens come in um, to like help with their um, their joint movement and their muscles and just taking um, like that that stress off their body that they already have. Mm. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, Ryan, did you ever swim competitive competitively? Yes. I mean, I, as you know, I know on teams, but 
did you think about turning pro? Did you think about the Olympics? Like, what? What? How do you think about swimming? Because so, I'm fascinated that you're such a young woman with a whole swim history. Yeah. So I, um, you know, when I was younger, I thought like, oh yeah, I'll go to the Olympics for breaststroke. But honestly, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> You know, I just, I wasn't good enough and that's completely okay. And it was like, um, like it wasn't like an actual dream where I was like, yeah, I can do it. Like I'll prep for it. It was just like, you know, it would be cool to go to the Olympics, but no. Okay. All right. So I, so are you, do, how often do you swim now? Like, do you swim for pleasure? Are you, is there swim teams available to you? Like, how do you, how do you stay in the water? on your own, you know what I mean? Like without being the aquatics director. Mm -hmm. So um, I live in North Haven mm -hmm. and um, I go to uh, the North Haven uh, pool um, and I I swim laps there. Cause it, really? it's a, mm -hmm. yep. And so, and, and so what is the pleasure you get out of swimming? I mean, I truly just, I'm in my element when I'm in the water, you know, I, I feel like a little fish and I, I really feel like I'm in the moment when I'm swimming, you know? Um, and that, that's one of my like major goals is to just like live in the moment more and more. And when I'm swimming, I, I just feel really like at one with myself and in the moment. Are you an ocean swimmer? I actually have, I, I, of course I've been to the beach and I've, I swam in the ocean, but I've never like actually swam in the ocean. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, no diving off a boat and swimming and. Oh, okay. Um, yes, I have done that. Like I I've gone, um, like snorkeling and, um, when I, I went to Barbados, um, last, uh, Christmas and, um, I did some, some diving in the ocean, but I've never done it like, as like a, um, as a hobby. Oh, okay. So mm -hmm. that's not your thing, but you like, you like to swim and pools are your thing. Yeah. Pools are my thing. Okay. Are you a goggle wearer? Yes. Okay. And what do goggles do for you? What um, well, you, what, what do goggles do for us when we, when we wear them? So they, um, so when you're swimming, it helps like everything look clear. So you can have your eyes open and you see everything just like you'd see everything like above the water. And it also helps so that, um, the chlorine doesn't irritate your eyes. Okay. All right. And so, mm -hmm. cause I wear glasses, I have goggles and I find I think part of the fear of, of swimming for me was when I, when I, before I was wearing goggles, I couldn't see because you, know, you can't swim with your glasses and, and, and I have contacts, but I don't know if I can swim with contacts in my eyes. So, so the well, goggles made sense, but you, you tell actually, me you can get prescription goggles. Yes. One of my lifeguards wears them. I was thinking about that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I put my goggles on, it really made a huge difference without prescription. It made a huge difference. Like I could see, I was like, oh, this is not a, uh, not scary. Exactly. It makes everything clearer. 
I like it. I like it. All right. So, so if, if somebody is contemplating going to swimming, what, what should they keep in mind? Like, what do they need? What should they frame out for themselves? Well, to relieve the stress, you know, we provide everything. So towels, goggles, swim caps, swimsuits, swim trunks, all of that. We also provide lotion so that after- Whoa, that is so black. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that helps. So they don't, like you said earlier, they don't have to stress financially about uh, bringing materials. And then, you know, you just have to come with a positive mindset and come ready to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, there's this, there's been a lot of national pushes around getting black people, black children in particular to swim. Uh, I know there's, uh, I think, uh, I think Sigma, Sigma Gamma Rho sorority or Zeta Phi Beta sorority, one of the sororities mm-hmm. has taken on um, uh, pressing for uh, swim awareness and swim lessons in in communities that historically uh, have been left out of swimming. And uh, um, what do you ta- what do you say to parents, Ryan, uh, about the importance of having their children learn how to swim? Yeah, well, when you're a child, um, you know, your brain is still developing. And as a child, your brain is like a sponge. And so you're able to learn things a lot easier. So when you get your kids into these swim lessons and they consistently do the swim lessons, then they will be set for the rest of their lives. Um, So I really encourage the community to start your children with swim lessons like as soon as possible so that they have the skill for the rest of their lives. So now what is the cost of swim lessons? Like what, what are people, what are parents, you know, what do they have to think about? Mm-hmm. So um, at LEAP, our swim lessons are subsidized for children. Um, it's only $80 um, for 10 swim lessons. And for adults, it's $100 for 10 swim lessons. So for children, $8 per swim lesson. And for adults, $10 per swim lesson. I like that. And so now do you, do you have people coming back for like multiple lessons at a clip? So right now we're, we're um, in our first round, but multiple families have told me like, Hey, Ryan, when, when's the next registration? Because we are going to register again. (laughs) And so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing um, um, the same uh, faces in the pool. And that just proves to me that they're committed to learn it yeah, because they want to keep you want your kid once they learn you want to keep them swimming mm-hmm. and uh and if they know the leap pool for you know they feel comfortable and safe coming there um why wouldn't they sign up again i would i would do it exactly hey maybe i'll see you in the next adult one i i i want to i i have to figure out some better hours but you know um so when you think about this 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 uh this leap job uh what was it what was it about it that was appealing to you yeah so um 
Prior to um, moving to Connecticut, I did uh, AmeriCorps in Boston. Oh, I love AmeriCorps. Yes. And I was a geometry and American politics tutor. And I absolutely love working with children. And while I was in Boston, I was also working with um, a lot of uh, children of color. We were, I was at a charter school. And um, I also um, nannied all of my life. So I just have like a, a really good connection with children. And mm -hmm. I already did one nonprofit with AmeriCorps. Um, and I really, I really loved it. Um, and so I found out about LEAP and I knew that um, LEAP was a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in New Haven. Um, and they were looking for an aquatics director. And I love swimming. It's my passion. So I applied. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's such a nice thing to see somebody come to a job that they love. Did you think that you always wanted to find a job as an aquatics director? Like what, what, what was your work life like? Were you always teaching swimming, working in swimming? Um, so when, uh, when I was in high school, um, when I was in 10th and 11th grade, I was a lifeguard. Um, so I had like some experience with like working in aquatics, but I never thought like, oh yeah, this is going to be my career. My actually like forte is um, political organizing. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. But, but you know, the sphere of politics um, is crazy and it was very stressful for me. So I wanted to take a step back, focus on my mental health and just switch over. Okay. And so how long have you been here? I've only been here um, since January. Wow. So not long. Mm-hmm. And you've already got the, the aquatics uh, uh, program up and running. Mm-hmm. And so t talk to me about what you, what you hope to do with it. Like, is there some dream for it that you have? Like when you were interviewing, did you tell them, you know what, I, I'd like to grow the program to do this or that or the other thing? Or, or did they even ask you that? I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they asked me. So um, one thing I want to do is um, be be more, even more inclusive. So I know with um, many um, Muslim women, um, they're, oh, yeah. mm -hmm, so they're not able to um, swim um in front of men. Um, and so one thing, one program I would want to do is um, have Muslim women come and swim where they like, you know, they can just swim in peace um, and not feel like, um, you know, just like make them comfortable and swimming and open that to them. Um, and some other um, programs that I have in mind is like we were talking about doing water aerobics with the senior citizens um, and also um, opening up like maybe like mommy Mondays where like moms and their kids come in and swim. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that very much. I like that. Um, at, you know, New Haven is pool rich, I think. You know, we've got, we got a pool at Hill House. We got we got a pool at um I don't know is there a pool at Cross? I don't know if there's a pool at Cross. Hmm, uh, I'm actually not sure. I know there's a pool at the John Martinez School. That's where my kids learned. My kids learned Ooh. at Leap and at uh 
at, and at how at the Y. So they were at they were at the Y. They were at Leap, and then they were at the John Martinez School because like we kept uh, New Haven Parks and Rec has a swim program. Um, Leap's uh, pool is the oldest indoor pool in New Haven. Whoa! Now that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Older than the Y's pool. That's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, I got me a little bit of trivia, right? <laughs> I got me a little bit of trivia. So, all right. So, does your whole family swim? Does everybody in your house swim? Your mother, father, uh, aunts, grandparents. So, um, I actually taught my mom how to swim. Really? Uh, yeah. Now, what yep. was that like? It was uh, interesting. <laughs> Did she so take direction my, well? <laughs> it was, you know, I was like 13 when I taught her how to swim. So I definitely did not have the skills to like do it well. Um, but, you know, I, I got her comfortable getting in the pool, had her like submerged, just like we teach the kids um, at LEAP. Um, and my, my grandparents had a pool. So her parents had a pool. And so my sister and my brother and I, we would always swim, but she definitely was not the swimmer. Wow. But does she swim now? No. <laughs> so like, she Okay. So she knows, she knows how to swim now, but she doesn't swim. If that makes sense. <laughs> and does she say why? Cause I'm, I'm suspecting your mother and I, your mother might be a little bit younger than me, but way younger than me. But, uh, but I, I, does she say why? Um, my my mom's 60. Sorry. Okay, mom. so we're the same. Sorry, mom, if I'm oh, no. your age. So we're the same age. I will be 60 in May. So uh oh, happy early birthday. Thank you very much. Um, so why is she swimming? Truly, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Could not tell you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So so um uh, it, will there be opportunities to have like a, a swim team, Ryan? You know, like a New Haven swim team. I don't. Do, is there such a thing? I don't even know. I don't. I'm not in the swim world like that. Yeah, so I, don't know. I, I, I don't know either. Um, I know some people have been like, oh, a leap swim team would be cool, but I like just don't really know the logistics behind that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That'd be interesting to think about. I would. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a swim team you know, that could, you know, swim against other communities and other swim clubs. And cause I'm sure there's swim, swim clubs all over the place and we can mm -hmm. have our own swim club. And then you can have like the 60 and over crowd and the 20 and younger, you know what I mean? Like you can have all kinds of categories of, uh, yes. of swimmers, you know, multiple about. leagues. Yes. So, all right. So, um, how are you finding New Haven these days? Um, I haven't had um, much opportunities to go out and explore mm -hmm. um, just because I've like really been focusing on work. Um, but I do, I, it's really cool that Yale is here, you know? Um, and I, I like that um, there are just so many um, people of color that I'm surrounded by. Yeah. There's a lot of activity. So once you get plugged in uh, and I got your number, so I'll, I'll shoot you stuff. 
So you could go Definitely, and see things yes. and participate in things and uh, find you a, a tribe of young people such as yourself so that you can, you know, have your own tribe of people to hang out, run with. You yes, know, it's, I need- it's a great town for that, I think. Yeah, I need more of a social life. <laughs> yes, you need a social life. You cannot you cannot spend all your time in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> cannot spend all your time in the pool in the pool. So so now would you say summer is a busy time for y'all? Mm-hmm. I would think so. We, we have a summer camp. Okay. Oh, you do a summer camp too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Leap does summer, but how does that relate to the the kids get in the pool too? Like they have opportunity. Really? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I like that. So they, yep. get to, they could get it in even, you know, a separate and apart from just taking the, the lessons. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Because we, um, it's, we, we not only do um, the swim lessons, but one of our resources for the after school program is uh, to have the kit, to have the pool as one of the resources for the kids. Oh, I like that. So mm-hmm. that they could get some, they could get some pool safety skills and swim skills in, you know, mm-hmm. as part of their summer experience, which I think is great. So exactly, especially during the summer. Yes. Well, Ryan, it has been my pleasure to talk to you. I've been waiting to talk to you for quite some time, and uh, ever since I met you at the at the Schubert. So I'm so excited that you're over at Leap as the aquatics director. I look yes, forward to I'm- seeing more of you. I am so honored to be on with you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I will see you soon. If not, I will definitely be in the pool at some point. I'll come over yes. there and swim and mm-hmm. uh, get your, get your, work on getting your mama in the pool. Tell your mama, another six-year-old said, we're going to get in the pool together. <laughs> yes, yes. You have my number. So just let me know when you're ready to dive in. I will. Thank you so much. <laughs> Of course. Oh, so, um, Harry, if you could put up the leap, the leap swim thing, that would be nice because we're about to, we're about to bounce out of here. But I want people to sort of, you know, um, go over to the leap website if you want more information. Uh, they have a whole website, uh, leapforkids.org. Mm-hmm. and uh, and they got a whole slot. Yes, they got a whole slot for uh swimming. So if you if you scroll down, you can find uh, all the swim information and uh, and the next registration period and 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 all of that and uh, and it's well worth your time. And they, Leap has been doing this for a very long time, uh, and and y'all now see uh, Ryan, so you can feel safe and assured that your children will be well taken care of. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Swimming. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you so much, Ryan. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you. All right, Harry. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you so much. I will be back Monday. Guess who I have? I have Susan Clinard coming on on Monday. You know, that world famous sculptor. She's going to come on and we're going to talk art. So I will see y'all soon. Take good care. (laughs) Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at New Haven Independent.